Welcome to True Story, the public relations podcast, a space where we get a peek behind the scenes of brands and businesses that have a real story to tell. Because in today's world, we are done with perfect and fake. We want to support brands that aren't afraid to show their true colors. I'm your host, Whitney Lee, the founder of True Story PR, an agency focused on helping businesses show up authentically through their social media, PR, and more. We pride ourselves on always keeping it real. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back. We've got another awesome interview for you today. I hope you're ready to hear this wild story and I only know part of it. So (laughs) newsflash, some of this is probably going to be new information to me as well. I'm so excited to bring on Andrea Sager. She's the CEO of Legalpreneur and I promise she is unlike any other attorney that you have ever, ever met. So please (laughs) welcome Andrea to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to do this. Thanks for being here. So the premise of these interviews has been all about entrepreneurs and business owners that have a really cool story to tell about how they built these massive, amazing businesses. So I immediately thought about you because I know a little bit of your story, but let's start off like, why don't you tell people who, who you are today before we go back in time? Yeah. So like you said, I'm CEO of Legalpreneur and currently single mom, well, single mom, but co-parenting. So it's an, it's a nice situation, but I am also living with my parents. Um, so many crazy things going on right now. Um, still living with my parents. I like to play a lot of poker, but, and also a practicing attorney, but what I'm truly focused on right now is growing and scaling legalpreneur because I am on a mission to completely change the legal industry for small business owners and attorneys. Very cool. Okay. So give everybody a quick overview of what legalpreneur is and who it's for. Yeah, so Legalpreneur is standardizing the quality of attorneys and legal services for small businesses. So we are primary, our signature product is the Legalpreneur membership, which provides all access to small business owners, their own attorney. But that's after those attorneys have been trained by us. Because the number one complaint you you hear from people that come from LegalZoom or Rocket Lawyer is that they never know who they're getting. It's never the same standard. It's never the same quality. And they want one attorney to grow with them. So we give clients one attorney They after they've been trained by us to help them truly grow and scale their business. And it's truly just a partner to their business. I love it. And I feel like, uh, obviously, I, from owning a business, some of the money I have spent on attorneys... I mean, you, you get on a five minute (laughs) phone call and you get a $5,000 invoice. It's just absolutely absurd. And it really is so hard for, you know, small businesses to operate that way. So I'm right. And that's why I started. Yeah. That's why I started Legalpreneur because I was on, I've been on every side of this equation and I have seen how business owners have been screwed by the big law firms, how, you know, I, I was at the big law firm when the, you know, the partner would tell me, you know, give me this project. And they would say, Hey, make sure you take your time on this. And I'm like, okay, this is going to take me two minutes. I'm not going to say that it takes me two hours, but that's how they operate. Like that's how they operate. And so I started my own law firm by only doing flat fees. I was dedicated to only doing flat fees because it's beneficial for both parties. Me, I don't have to keep track of my time because if you ask any practicing attorney, 
the number one complaint is having to keep track of their time. And mm-hmm. then for business owners, it's like, I don't, how can I even trust that the time is accurate? And the thing is, it's almost like the insurance practice of billing insurances, insurance companies have to increase their rates in order to account for insurance. I'm sorry, not insurances, like medical practices have to increase their rates to account for what they're hoping the insurance company is going to pay. It's literally the same thing with law firms. They have their prices and know that a certain amount clients are going to balk at and that it's not going to get paid. And so it's almost the same thing. And so I'm just like, no, flat fees, you pay this, I'm going to do this. That's all it's got. And for any transactional attorney, which is what I did in my firm, basically not litigation, not courtroom stuff, because that is something that typically does need to be billed. But for transactional work, flat fees all the way, because if you truly know your practice area, you know exactly how long something is going to take you. You know exactly mm-hmm. this and that. So there's no need for hourly billing. And at the same time, why do you want to be a commodity? Like we're people. We're providing value. We're not a commodity. We don't want to be – we're not just a time tracker. We are provi- somebody that's providing value, not just somebody that our time can be billed. Yeah, freaking preach. This is exactly why in the agency, I don't do any hourly work. Like people, if they want to know what my hourly rate is, they're not going to like it. Yeah. (laughs) Because they'd much rather me give them a flat rate or we do a retainer because of that, you know? So, okay. So before we get too far into it, I want us to go back in time. Um, Tell us a little bit about your background and like how, I mean, what on earth even inspired you to go to law school in the first place? (laughs) Well, I, there was no like fancy or like emotional reason to go to law school other than I wanted to be rich. I wanted to make a lot of money and I thought going to law school was going to solve that. And I went to law school and I did get the big fancy job at the big law firm. I could, I was on the 38th floor, the tallest building in Cincinnati. I could watch a Cincinnati Reds game from my office, which I thought was the coolest thing. Cause you know, I'm a huge baseball fan, but I was absolutely miserable at that job. And I just quickly realized, okay, this is not the place for me. But, and part of it was because in law school, I started my first business. I owned a clothing boutique, which basically stemmed from, did you know that? No, I did not know that. (laughs) God, y'all just wait till you hear all the other twists and turns this woman's been through. Okay, well, actually, let me take it back just one more because this one usually gets people too. So in college, I went to college on a bowling scholarship. Did you know that one? Okay, I did know that, but only recently. Yeah, so I went to college on a bowling scholarship So I'm from Houston, and then I go to Pikeville, Kentucky, which nobody's heard of, the tiniest town in America. And I ended up in Kentucky, and I did fall in love with Kentucky. And that's where I met my future ex-husband in college. (laughs) But I loved loved Kentucky and ended up staying there for law school. Then, um, you know, in law school, you can't work it's really hard to have a job. So I was just like, I'm going to start a business because I'm poor and I don't want to be poor. (laughs) Not that I wasn't bored, like didn't, not that I didn't have enough going on, but I needed money. So I started my clothing boutique that grew, um, that grew pretty quickly. And we even opened a brick and mortar store 
which so we opened a brick and mortar store and we manufactured but then i realized okay i don't want to do this for the rest of my life and at that time is when i got the big firm job and so i was like oh my gosh i have my dream job i'm set for life and i will never forget that first week at the firm I was watching all these old white men in these three-piece suits walking around, and it hit me all of a sudden. I was like, oh, my God, they've been here since they were my age. I was like, I cannot sit here in this chair for the next 40 years of my life. Like, I just cannot do that. And so immediately I'm trying to plan my exit, but I had my son in law school. My last semester I had Thomas, and when I started at the firm, he was eight months And I had told, or my ex-husband, he decided to quit his job and stay home once I started working. So we thought that would be great, but it wasn't great. And I was like, how do I go home to my husband and tell him that I don't want to work here? (laughs) And he begged me to, you know, he's like, you have to stick it out for a couple of years. And in my head, I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to make it for two years here. What made you so miserable though? Like, was it the people? Was it the actual work you were doing or like? There were many things that were said to me that was very typical corporate talk that you hear about. Like, so I, so I actually miscarried a week before I started at the firm and another, um, female told me when I started, she's like, you can't get pregnant here in your first year. And I was like, I'm pretty sh-. and they and they knew like they knew I miscarried because I was scared. I was like, they're going to fire me because I'm pregnant. And like, no, you'll be fine. And then I told them that I miscarried. And then that girl told me within a, the first couple of weeks, she was like, you can't get pregnant here in your first couple of years. And then I had another girl, another female associate. She said, if it looks like the guys are getting more work than you, that's just how it is here. And there was just so many comments like that that were said to me and it, I saw it like this. So it was me and another guy that started in the same practice area. They like, it was all guys. They were giving him the work and I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like I like this is miserable. But then from the first business, the boutique, I had a whole network of business owners and they kept coming to me asking for help. So then I'm thinking, great. Like I'm just going to be a rainmaker. I'll bring in clients to the firm. Well, most of the time, I mean, it was a big firm, big rates. They just couldn't afford it. And then finally I had somebody that said, Hey, I don't care how much it is. I just need your help. I I need help. And I want you to get it done for me. And I'm like, great. Perfect. The firm tells me to my face, a partner was like, this is a small business. Small businesses are not quality clients. We don't want them. And that, like, that was my moment. That was my defining moment where I was like, okay, this is it. Like I'm not, I can't even be here another moment. And because I kept seeing this consistent flow of people coming to me and I'm like, I feel like I could be that go-to attorney for all these small businesses. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I'm married. I can't just like jump ship without a plan. Mm -hmm. And finally we were both miserable there in Cincinnati and my parents were here in Houston. And so we decided we were going to move to Houston and we put our house for sale on a Monday On Wednesday, I remember texting my ex saying, I'm so miserable. We have enough money to hold us over until we move. Like, I'm ready to quit today. And he said, just wait. He's like, can you just wait until we have a contract on the house? That way we know what's going to sell. I was like, you know what? That makes total sense. Like, I can wait for that. 
that was Wednesday. Friday rolls around and my boss and the managing partner walk into my office and immediately I knew what was going on because they had already like we already we had already had like a talk like this is not working out. And so they basically gave me two choices. They were like, you can get on, you know, the performance improvement plan. And I'm in my head. I'm like, y'all don't give me any work. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be improving. Like, you literally don't give me any work. And and it was literally just from the from day one. Like there was nothing that I ever did, and like I never had an opportunity to even fuck up. <laughs> but I, they walk into my office and they say, "You can get on the you know improvement plan, or you can take the severance package." And I, so it's taking everything in me to look as sad as possible. But I, inside, I was like, "Oh my god, it's finally happening!" Because yeah. I'm like five minorities rolled into one, so I knew, like, if they fire me, I have, like, they have to give me a severance package. Yeah. And so I was kind of just holding on until that happened, and it finally happened seven months after I started there. And it took. They were like, it was a Friday morning, and they said, "Take the weekend, think about it." I was like, "Okay, like, okay, whatever." They left my office. I packed my shit up so fast, and I. I never went back. I was yeah. like, oh my God, it actually happened. So I always tell people I manifested getting fired. Um, That's awesome. But hey, sometimes it's like a blessing. Oh yeah. And then I, that night I launched my firm and that Friday that, night. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, so what- I had already been telling business owners, I was like, I'm going to be out on my own soon. I just don't know exactly when. And I got fired and I was like, fuck it. Let's do it now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So then what? Like, uh- how were you finding clients? Like, well, I luckily I like I was still creating a network. I was providing value to business owners about the legal stuff. So I just launched. I posted in a couple of Facebook groups I was in. Like, hey, I'm officially on my own. Let me know if you need help with. And then, but at this time, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I did spend like the last month at the firm kind of teaching myself trademarks because I knew Mm -hmm. that's what every business owner was asking for. And so I kind of taught myself what I needed to know. And then I just started getting trademark clients and just kept figuring it out as I went along. And God, it just, it's so crazy. Honestly, Facebook, Facebook groups is what did it for me. Just hustling those Facebook groups. (laughs) Wow. And okay. So what year was that? 2018 at the it was like March 20 or April 29th 30th is was that Friday and then that night I launched my firm wow okay and so then you had your firm for Mm -hmm. um 2018 until I mean it's still technically open um I am very selective with the work that I do now just because we're really trying to focus on legalpreneur um but it's still open Interesting. So then at what point did you have like this epiphany of like, uh, you know, like, I don't want to do this individually. Like this needs to be something much bigger, scalable, like legalpreneur. When did you have that epiphany? And like, tell me about that. Yeah. So I, I was doing flat fee trademarks and a lot of those clients would come back because they were all business owners and they would ask little questions here and there. And I didn't want to charge hourly. Like I never wanted to charge hourly. And at this time, so it was 2019 and I joined Chris Harder's mastermind and he gave me the idea about the membership. And at the same time, I had a client that was like, Hey, can I just pay you a fee every month? And you answer my questions. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is all genius. Like, yes. So I launched the legalpreneur membership 
and steadily, very steadily grew, you know, slowly but surely, a couple clients at a time. And then in 2021, that's when it really started to take off. And we realized, okay, we really have something here and it's time to go all in. And by this time, so I'd left my ex-husband in September of 2020 and over like the next year I realized, okay, I'm no longer motivated by the law firm, even though by this time I was making a million dollars a year. I was just, I re so once I did a lot of healing around that, I realized my identity from that marriage was so tied to that law firm. That's why I was no longer motivated with the law firm. Like I was mm-hmm. making, and I look back now because building a startup is not for the faint of heart. Let's just say that. But I look back and I'm like, God, I was making, you know, a million dollars in my sleep. I was literally working 15 to 20 hours a week, if that. But I, and so I think about those days, but at the same time, I'm like, I, like, I didn't even care at that. I was just like, I don't even care. I don't even want this money because that's not who I am anymore. And so I knew I wanted to build something bigger and I knew legalpreneur had the potential to be much bigger. So we started, you know, really working on legalpreneur full time at the end of 2021. Oh my gosh. Very cool. And I know there are other like legal apps and stuff out there, like, you know, legal zoom or Mm -hmm. whatever they are, but like (laughs) legalpreneur different than those. So great question, because we are pitching investors. And so I've I've been ready for this. Yeah. (laughs) But essentially, our value proposition is that we like the legal memberships, the legal services online. It's nothing novel. However, LegalZoom, Rocket Lawyer, all of those other legal memberships, they have not been able to standardize the quality of the attorneys, because every time those, you know, somebody, a client calls LegalZoom, they're like, hey, I need to talk to an attorney. They're talking to someone new. It's not one attorney. So they, it's not, they're not able to build a relationship with mm-hmm. the attorney. And which I feel also, like is so important. Oh, like they got to know the, it's like going to a new doctor. Every time you go to a doctor, you exactly, you got to start yeah. all over with like, here's my family history. Here's my medical yeah. history here. You know, like, yeah, God bless. And with legal zoom and rocket lawyer, their, their big thing is like, Hey, a free phone call. You, all your phone calls are free when there is a new issue. Mm-hmm. And our thing is, we don't want you to have issues. So we're going to make sure you're set up properly from the beginning. So our membership, like I think Rocket Lawyer and LegalZoom, they're less than 50 bucks a month. We are not that cheap because we are actually getting into the nitty gritty of your business from day one. They're just like, hey, call us if you have a problem. We are setting you up properly, making sure everything is protected. That way you can truly grow and scale without fear of that cease and desist letter, without the fear of getting sued because you are truly protected from day one. That's awesome. So what's been your biggest challenge with doing this whole legal? I mean, like you've been raising money. You've been like, (laughs) you know, like pitching investors, all kinds of stuff. Like what's been your biggest challenge with all of it? So the biggest challenge I will say has been the attorneys. So we had about 50 attorneys in beta in 2022. And that was very much just learning about, hey, what are the needs of attorneys? What are, you know, how are we setting the attorneys up for success? How, you know, like what else can we do for you? And so we finally nailed it down. (laughs) And it's, 
so for the attorneys, we're creating essentially the Legalpreneur membership, the attorney version. So we're doing everything on the back end to help them successfully grow their law firm and giving them clients. So we train them first and then we can match them with clients. But in the meantime, we're also giving them the tools and resources they need to grow and scale their own law firm. I like to say the tools necessary to grow the law firm of their dreams, because I don't want to say like to grow and scale. Some attorneys don't want to grow and scale. Like they're very happy with whatever they have and more power to them. But first it's figuring out, Hey, what actually is the law firm of your dreams? Because so many, like so many attorneys, we never got training, business training in law school. They just learned, we just learned how to think like a lawyer. And Mm -hmm. so getting into practice, it's a very, very different skill set. And, they, the attorneys just have never been trained and they don't know how to find clients. And so it's like, Hey, we're going to teach you how to be a better business owner. And we're going to give you clients. Interesting. So it's almost like in a way on the, on the attorney side, you have like two aspects of the business. You're like a matchmaking business for, Mm -hmm. um, attorneys that don't want to work for the big monster firms. Um, and then on the opposite side, you're like hooking up small business owners with like a dedicated person to help them. Yep. That's so awesome. Yeah. So I always but it, ask- it's been a challenge figuring out those needs because attorneys yeah. don't exactly know what they need. So it's just been working with them to identify those needs. Yeah. And I think like, you know, you, you said it um, best about like, this isn't going to happen overnight. Like, you know, you already built a, a multi-million dollar law firm, but now you're like literally changing like there's nothing out there like this like on the surface somebody probably says like oh zoom or whatever or rocket whatever those are your competitors but really like what they do is very different than what you actually do yeah and it's like you're disrupting a whole industry here like i so legal zoom they went public in 2021 so all of a lot of their stuff is public record and Mm -hmm. so when i was preparing our new pitch deck for investors i was looking doing as much digging on them as I can. And in their like investor quarterly investor updates for the past two years, they've had the same thing about not being able to figure like crack the code on the attorneys and really figure out how to serve them. And so I was like, Oh, we're gold. Like, yes, we're doing the right thing. Yeah. Cause I feel like if you have good help, then people will come, you know, yep. mm-hmm. that's so awesome. So I love asking everybody this. I mean, gosh, you're, you're a single mom, you're a multi-business owner. We didn't even touch on like some of the other, (laughs) okay, wait, we, before I even go into this question, we got a sidebar because y'all need to know this about Andrea. Okay. So she, she's been a boutique owner. She was on a bowling scholarship. She is a mom of two. Um, she is living with her parents. Um, I was in the army. Yeah. Okay. Army service. How long were you in the army? Uh, four or five years. I ended up, cause when I had Thomas, my body got all jacked up. So I didn't. End ah, up, that's yeah. what got you out of it. Yeah. Do you think you would have stayed in, uh, in the army if you would have physically been able to? Um, I don't know. Cause so my ex was, he was, the plan was I was going to be an active duty JAG officer. And he also, we commissioned in from college together I was going to be active duty. He was going to be reserves and just kind of like follow me around wherever I went. Mm -hmm. But whenever I went to law school, they gave me an educational delay and he then got an active duty job with the state of Kentucky and the Kentucky national guard. 
very sought after job. They were trained. They wanted to basically train him up and be the tag, the adjutant general for the state of Kentucky, which is, which was great. So they actually did. I actually asked to be reverted back to the reserves after my first year of law school. So I was no longer going active duty at that time. But then my ex got lazy and didn't want to do anything. And so <laughs> hey, he ex, got up. You're listening right now. Hi. Yeah. He, oh my gosh. That, I'm just like, you literally have, I think he's one of those people that's afraid of success. You know, some people are, mm-hmm. they say it's not, yeah, like it's not truly you're afraid of failure. You're afraid of success. Like they were literally setting him up to be the adjutant, like the highest ranking officer in the state of Kentucky. And then he was like, he just got lazy and didn't want to do anything. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, it was too much, you know, some people that's a lot of pressure for them. And so they like, they, they run from it. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We can't dissect him now, but (laughs) But okay, so then after army service and all that, like, then how did you uh, get us into the you know, the so, poker okay. side of Andrea? So okay, so when I left towards the end of my marriage, I knew I knew it was done. I hadn't said anything yet. Well, we I hadn't officially said I wanted to divorce, but I used to always play poker growing up. And when I got married, he like didn't want me to play poker. And so I, you know, being a godly wife, I didn't play poker. And then towards the end of our marriage, I remember one night I was just like, I want to spend time with you. All he would do is just like get home from work and go play video games. And I'm just like, I would like to spend some time with my husband. (laughs) And finally, one day he just went to go play video games in, you know, in the other room. And I was like, I didn't even ask. I was like, I'm going to go play poker. And he was like, Oh, okay. And so I went, Whitney, I walked into that poker room and it's the first, it was the first time probably eight years that I had walked into a poker room and I felt so alive. I, it's so weird. I walked in and I was like, this is it. Like this, I miss this feeling. And I knew like the moment I walked in, I was like, I am definitely getting divorced because like this, I'd love being here. And so a couple weeks later, I basically told him I wanted a, you know, wanted a divorce. And then I just started playing poker. Like that's, that was all I did in my free time. And the, the room that I was going to, I got my brother a job there. And then it was that next summer I, so my brother was working there. So I knew all the drama going on and I knew they were about to shut down. And I told the owner, I was like, I want to buy it. And he was like, and this guy that was running it, he didn't really own it. He was like renting it. Yeah. And he was like, well, you, the the investors want like 30 or 40,000. I was like, let me talk to them. I was like, let me talk to them. And he was like, well, you got to tell me what you want to offer them. And I was like, let me talk. And he was like being real shady about it, trying to be part of everything. And I bought this place for $5,000. Uh-uh. He was like totally trying to like broker the deal. And you're like, just get out of my way, Oh, yeah. Oh, and because the thing, like they had so much trouble at that place. And I knew I was like, they just need to cut their losses. And I was like, I'll take the lease out of your name. I will give you $5,000 for everything. And then I sold it three months later for $55,000. Oh my God. 
Teach me your ways, Andrea. <laughs> I don't even know how to play I mean, poker. Well, that it was the most fun job, most fun business, but it was also the most hours. And we made a profit every month, but it just it was too much. Too much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, trying you're to like navigate, in startup mode. Like, yeah. Yeah. Navigating single mom and so many all nighters and it was just a lot of stress, unnecessary stress. And I was like, ah, I'm done. Oh my gosh. Social. So bowling queen, yeah. boutique owner, single mom, attorney extraordinaire, poker queen, add to the list. So through all yeah. of this, this is the question I'd love to ask every entrepreneur that I have on the show. I think all of us, including myself, have reached a point when you are starting or building a business where you just hit a wall and you're like, you know what? Maybe I should just quit. Like maybe yeah. this is a sign from the universe, God, whatever, like that this just isn't for me or that's not for me anymore. Did you have that moment? And if so, tell me about it. Absolutely. This was when I had the law firm. I So towards the end of, before I decided to go all in with Legalpreneur, I was just so unmotivated with the law firm. I was like, I don't even want to talk to another client. I don't want to do any, I don't want to file another trademark. I was just done. But I didn't know what was next. And that was the, that was when we had our last meetup with Chris Harder in 2021. Yep, and I was there. He per, like, I know he didn't curate the week for me, but it felt like it was just made for me because we had the Shark Tank competition. And, and at this time I was doing a lot of healing, a, still a lot of healing from the marriage, from my childhood, just really finally digging into a lot of childhood trauma. And what I had recently realized before this was I've achieved a lot. I've achieved a lot. I was, I've always been an overachiever, but everything I had achieved up until that point was to gain the love of someone else. Hmm. And when I made that realization, that's when I realized that's why I don't give a shit about this law firm anymore. I don't care about gaining the love of someone else. I want to do something for me. And when Chris like opened my eyes to going all in with Legalpreneur through this Shark Tank competition, because so for those listening, basically we had to present a business idea and I started doing research on LegalZoom, Rocket Lawyer, like the bigger competitors in the space. Now I, I literally was digging in and I was like, these people, like these owners, these executives are no different than me. And when I, I started digging in and then I was making all these realizations, I was like, I can do this. Like I can do this. And what's so cool now is like, I'm doing it for me. Like I'm doing it for me, not to gain the love of someone else. And once I realized that I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going all in with Legalpreneur. So I've been doing that since the end of 2021. Oh my gosh. Very cool. Well, obviously you're on to something and you're like totally made for this because every, I feel like everything you touch turns to gold, you know, <laughs> it may not be overnight, you know, it may yeah. not literally be overnight, but it absolutely comes to fruition. And there's some of us that just like, this is the life, like, and people who don't yeah. own businesses just can't understand. I, I can't, I, I'll never work for anybody else ever again in my oh, life. Absolutely not. You I know, can't. like I, I just, it's not that I can't, I love, um, like if somebody else is in a, in a leadership position, I respect that. I'm cool with that. I don't have to be the leader in every way, but it's something yeah. about owning my own business. Like, I just don't think I'll ever give up. 
Yep. I don't think I will. And I, obviously I know you're not either. So, yep. or any of the businesses that you venture yeah. into <laughs> next, you're going to own a zoo or something. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Like not, <laughs> nothing surprises me y'all with Andrea nothing. So, well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been so awesome to hear about your journey. Gosh, you're such a badass, and I love it. That's why we're friends. Thank you. I love you. Oh, and one last thing before we sign off. A, you just freaking wrote a book. Tell us where to get the book. And also tell us, gosh, we're like going down a rabbit of a rabbit hole over here. The I definitely want you guys to hear about the book. There you go. Um, and then also tell us where to find you and the book. Yes. So Legalpreneur, the business owner's guide to legally protecting your business is available anywhere you buy books online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the places. And basically it's, it's tools, step-by-step guides on how to make sure you're taking care of the legal side of your business. And you can find me on Instagram. My personal account is Andrea Sager Law. And then TikTok and our other Instagram is at the Legalpreneur. Okay. And seriously, go follow her. I mean, Instagram is good too, but like her TikTok, TikTok is not, yeah. yeah, her TikTok is not some lame, like lame ass attorney stuff. Like I promise you, yeah. you're not going to find another attorney on TikTok that is like Andrea. So do yourself a favor. Even if you're not looking for legal advice, you just need some entertainment. Yes. You might actually learn something as well too. So Awesome. And hey, Andrea's got her own podcast as well. I listened to it. I was listening to it this morning while I was getting ready for work. So check out the Legalpreneur podcast, connect with Andrea, buy the book, all the stuff. I mean, you got to meet Andrea. She's a character. So thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please take a moment to screenshot this episode and share it to social media using hashtag true story PR or better yet, write us a five-star review on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. See you next time for another true story.